0: this week's recording turned out a little bit weird, so we apologize for the strange audio levels. Uh, Next week's sound is significantly improved, and we're actively working to make continued improvements as we go. On that note, onward to writing! Hello, emerging writers. Welcome. We're so glad that you could join us today as we sip tea and discover our inner storytellers. My name is Stephanie, and I'm joined by my best friend Kayla and my sister Jordan. Hello. Hi. We'll be taking a bit of a break from our usual deep dives into writing for today's tea time topic getting those creative thoughts churning and fighting past the inevitable writer's block. So, Kayla, what do you do? to try and get past that writer's block.
1: One of the hardest things for me is to just sit down and get back to the desk when I know that I'm stuck. And so I just have to convince myself to get back into that seat and open up the document and begin typing a sentence. And usually I write about about a paragraph or two, and it's something that I know can be deleted, but I just stick it into where I'm stuck. And then as I write it, whether it's descriptive or internal thoughts or action, it usually sparks something that I then open up my notes document and give myself a few bullet points of where to take the next couple chapters. And if it doesn't spark anything, I just keep writing and I'm like, well, this is a very dull, boring page that I will delete later until. And so I just work at it and write things that are kind of first draft throwaway worthy (laughs) Until I get a spark of inspiration, which maybe isn't the most analytical method, but it's a very, like, just tough it out, Kayla. (laughs) What do you do, Jordan?
0: Well, I definitely agree that you should write down all your little things that you have, even if it sucks. (laughs) Um, I think something I try to do is brainstorm with other people. It's one of the main things that gets me unstuck. Like, I'll start talking to Stephanie or you, of course, and just pose questions and get a discussion going, because sometimes talking to another person and hearing
1: your words out loud
0: instead of just in your head will unstick something or give you information that you hadn't thought of. I especially notice that talking to other people because they'll give you ideas that didn't come to you and would never have because it's just not how your brain works. But other people can come up with a lot of ideas that can really spark your own writing. I do a lot of that as well. Bouncing ideas off of people is probably one of the most beneficial ways for me to break through in a story. It's gotten a lot harder to do lately because I'm so far in the design of my story and like the plot and I such an idea of like where it is and kind of an idea of where i kind of want to go but i haven't really been doing well at telling people about it (laughs) so now i'm like i need help help me I have to go through this whole process of explaining the whole thing before they have an understanding enough to try and help me. Uh, That's kind of a problem. I'm struggling with that right now, working on my fan fiction, because before I had um, a brainstorming partner who was caught up with the story and I could just bounce ideas off her and she'd give me all sorts of crazy stuff. But then she took a break from fandom and I haven't really shown it to anyone else. So no one knows what's going on and they can't just say, hey, this would be fun. So it's just me sitting there looking at my page going, okay, I don't know. I don't know what's next.
1: I think talking it out when someone's either caught up on it or it's a story that's still in the works that isn't very... Uh, far into the writing process is really beneficial but as soon as I start writing it I'm like I want this to be good enough that I can just show Stephanie and Jordan a draft of it <laughs> I don't want them to hear my like jumbled thoughts and have that color their their opinion of the story and so I've been struggling not having anyone to talk it out with either and I've found that just like making myself write, even if I know I'm throwing it out is getting me further along, but maybe in a more painful way.
0: (laughs) I feel like that's pretty similar to the cousin of brainstorming, which it's called brainwriting. You're basically just writing everything that comes to mind as it comes to mind. Like, it doesn't matter how stupid or silly it sounds, so that you just get all of the ideas out, and it kind of uh, frees your mind from thinking of those more easily accessible ideas so that you can start digging into things you wouldn't have thought of otherwise.
1: That's really interesting. I didn't realize there was a word for it, but that's definitely something that I do a whole lot when I'm writing. I feel like getting the entirety of the idea out helps me move past it a lot better than just discarding it when it's still just a thought in my head. It's like you need to get an idea
0: out there. If it's just sitting in your head, it's not doing anyone any good. It's not doing you good. It's not doing your story any good. It's, it's not helpful to anyone. And people are so tactile and visual that if you have it written down and you can see it, it registers differently for you. And I don't know, it just it helps.
1: I think the process of writing is so much in the polishing of writing that any work you can do to, to get words on the page is going to be more efficient than spending like three times that amount of time planning it out.
0: Yeah. As far as getting words down, helping for your creativity, I think that is definitely true. Because when I just think of something or even talk something out loud with someone else, if I don't write it down, I don't really my brain doesn't remember it correctly, I think. But if I have anything on a sticky note, I'll remember and I'll remember what page I stuck it on. And if I want to go back to it, I know where it is. So I think writing it all down and just getting a visual representation of it is really important to help your brain know where to go in the future. Yeah, if you have a lot of stuff written down too, you can figure out how you can like combine ideas or whatever, like maybe you don't think these two different story ideas could really work and you think they need to be completely separate, but if you see the mechanics for them, maybe you can figure out how to make them mesh and now you've figured out a whole new chunk of your story or something. Yeah, that makes sense. There's this method for working past like creative um, fluxes or droughts or whatever that I learned as part of my psych of creativity, and it was called forced connections. It was a lot of fun. So what we did was there was a slideshow of pictures and I think the pictures went by every 15 or 20 seconds or something like that. While the picture was up there, we had to write down as many like connecting ideas that we could think of within that time. For every picture we had to write down as many as we could. I came up with a lot of really interesting ideas for clarification, we had a specific problem that we were trying to solve. Based on those pictures, we had to think of ideas to solve it. So I, I don't know. I feel like it could be used in story writing where, like, you're trying to figure out how to get past this hurdle in your story, or you can't think of what could happen next or, like, how to move forward next. And just looking at, like, inspirational things online can be really helpful.
1: I think the more constraints and rules you can give a creativity problem, the more interesting your brain solves it. And so that kind of reminds me of um, of giving yourself a prompt that you have to use or a number or color or a specific like plot point, anything that you can pick from like some sort of like outside source and then you have to incorporate into your already existing idea can really go a long way to creating strange and interesting stories instead of just a a well-written uh story with with a so so plot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so um forced connections reminds me of that a little bit.
0: It's interesting that you bring up writing prompts, because for some reason I didn't even think about that for this. I don't know, in theory I really like writing prompts. The idea of like them sparking some sort of idea that I wouldn't have already and me coming up with something that kind of subverts the idea that it clearly seems like they were going for with that. Um, but I don't like most people's writing prompts. I don't know, they just feel way too specific or boring I tend to like the ones where it's like a piece of dialogue, so you're thrown into the middle of an actual scene, as opposed to the ones that are like, write something that incorporates a blanket, a piece of cheese, and a mirror, or something like that. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. It's not interesting. It doesn't spark my creativity. I've done one thing that was themed. It was for a challenge I found on Tumblr. It was kind of interesting. I think it was... um... You chose a character type that was like a monster, and then a pairing in fandom, which was Marvel. And then, or no, it wasn't Marvel. I guess it was just Chris Evans' characters in general. That's what it was. (laughs) Very specific. Very, very specific. I chose uh, a succubus reader character, and Chris Evans' character from Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, because, I don't know, I'd seen a picture of him in it, and those eyebrows just did something for me, so... It was, it was really interesting though, because it's far beyond anything I've ever written. Like it's very weird and it delved into some interesting sides to myself I didn't really realize I had, but it was really fun to do. And it was, I got a good spark of creativity about it because it just was so different. And so out there, my brain was like, well, we can just do whatever we want because this is, this is crazy and we can just go wild. And so I think that's
1: definitely a good thing to do. So the prompt that you just talked about is the sort of prompts that I think are a lot more inspiring than a lot of what you see when you Google writing prompts because you're working with a list of Chris Devin characters and then like types of monsters and your brain has to like connect those things together and explain why. Uh, I got really into Dungeons and Dragons in the last year. I've been playing d d on and off. I'm not right now, but I've been thinking a lot about how like the randomness of a 20-sided dice can dictate so much on the story that people are playing in that Mm -hmm. and I've I've started looking at how I can incorporate dice and randomization into my story and into I have some side characters that right now are very flat and I started uh jotting down some lists of attributes and things and i haven't gotten the daring quite to just roll a dice and then associate it with them but i think that's where i'm going with it and i i feel like the um the openness of stuff like that is a lot more engaging than a lot of the like paragraph long writing prompts of like and then he kissed her but she stabbed him (laughs) go from there I see a lot of that when I go onto Pinterest and Tumblr, and I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want to go from there. No, thank you.
0: Sounds like the end of a story to me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or, like, what if you just wake up and everyone you know is gone? It's like, they I probably
0: went to the store. I don't
1: care. <laughs> But um, I think giving yourself a set of constraints, a set of like you can only work with this or a randomization, it's something that you can craft for yourself and have control over. So you're not involving something you absolutely hate, but it still gives you rules to kind of push against. And I think pushing against rules and boundaries is a lot of what uh, school creative projects engaged me so much. Because I went to school for graphic design, but I also took quite a few writing classes and art classes. And I've just always been like a nerdy creative art kid. And the creativity in those assignments is dealing with uh, that those assignments I Created things that were so much more interesting than what I create in my free time. And I think it's dealing with the boundaries that are opposed, imposed on me and finding ways to create that for yourself in your projects is something that I've been thinking a lot about lately and really want to bring to my writing game more. <laughs> I think
0: what engaged me with like school projects and creative writing courses. It wasn't necessarily the constraints that they put on me, because some of them I actually really hated. Um, One of them required me to use a different point of view than I was used to, a different sex. I was required to use song lyrics in my story, which I feel more often than not just feels very inorganic. And some of it obviously helped me grow, like using a different point of view is beneficial to know how to do. And you might find out that you actually really like it, maybe you're better at it. but. For the most part, I think it was just the deadlines that were put on me. So like the the time pressures to get something done actually pushed me to finally work. And I think if you can find a way to put those pressures on yourself, then it'll force your brain to kind of panic a little bit. Like, oh, I need to actually do this. Let's start actually <laughs> thinking about this. So maybe like connecting with a friend, someone that you don't feel comfortable with disappointing <laughs> so that if you don't fulfill your end and send them over a thing when you said you would you'll feel really guilty or like you know something that will actually push you to get it done on time and make you feel that pressure it's a pretty good motivator for me until i get to know someone too much (laughs) like you making me go to the gym yeah at first it worked really well I'd just shame her a little bit and she'd go and now I probably couldn't say anything mean enough to make her go when she doesn't want to
1: I think there's a particular type of stress that's really healthy stress for getting things done Mm -hmm. and yeah that can come from deadlines or from rules like I was talking about and it's just finding ways to have that, like, motivating, like, I have to do this no matter what, and it has to be done, and it has to be good. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a healthy dose of that. Gosh, I can't speak. <laughs> there's a healthy dose of that that needs to be in every project. It's just really hard to find what works for you and what can feel external enough to to apply that pressure because I don't know about you guys but internal pressure is very hard to manufacture it is for me I just
0: I don't really care about a lot of things it's other people's expectations that are going to get me moving or doing a thing I have a hard time motivating myself or giving myself pressure so I'm like no it's fine it's okay I can talk myself out of any stress
1: (laughs) I really I really like to make to-do lists and then look at everything on that list that needs to get done and go, oh, no, I don't have time for that. And then do none of it. (laughs) And so I'm trying to find a healthier way to say, like, these are the things that I can reasonably accomplish today or this week. And then I'm going to accomplish all of them because it's an amount of productive that I can humanly do. If I set a deadline on myself, I'm usually pretty
0: good at maintaining it. Like when I said I was going to write 500 words every single day for my story, I wrote 500 words every single day for my story. And if, if I got to like, there were maybe two days where that didn't happen. I forgot once and then had to make it up the next day. And I think maybe there was another one where just the day was so busy, I didn't have time. And I felt that in myself, like I didn't finish this one simple thing that I told myself I would do. I couldn't talk myself out of doing it on days I didn't want to because I was like, no, that's, that's part of what I have to do today. I have to write 500 words. That's just a given. And your motivation for that has inspired me. I'm like, oh, I wish I had that. I don't know how Stephanie does this because I finished uh, NaNoWriMo and then I was like, let's just put this story down. I'm not going to keep this momentum. (laughs) I didn't have it
1: I just developed it by doing it. I need to find that because last week I said I would write 500 words every day because if Stephanie can do it, I too can do it. And then I did it for two days and I had some family stress and a concert and I literally forgot I had promised myself that until just now in this moment (laughs) when you were talking about it. Outside stress
0: is definitely something for me that kills my drive to write or be creative. So I think we should talk about some other things that we can do to manage that outside stress and free up our minds a little bit. Like one of the things I try to do is go somewhere different and just change my setting, like go walk around a mall or sit in a coffee shop and observe people or just get outside of wherever I've been stuck. a while do you guys do that yeah and changing your setting is actually really helpful for your mind in general because it like shifts your brain to a different um zone so like you're not sitting there bogging down on this idea that you're trying to think of now you're in a different setting so i don't know it's making different connections i guess it's kind of like that forced connection thing where you're looking at one picture and you have a bunch of ideas that spark from that you're in a different setting now and so it's activating different areas of your brain
1: to come up with different sorts of ideas. You're looking at me like I should speak now. <laughs> Why well, interrupted you. So I, I apologize. <laughs> I don't know what I was gonna say. I really like to get out and about too. If I'm in my house too long, I just kind of go stir crazy. I'm a very extroverted people person. And so being by myself, And focusing on creative work is really hard for me, and I burn out from that quickly. And so then I have to do creative work like with other people, whether that's like a friend coming over and working on something in my living room, or going to a coffee shop or a library. I I need that change of environment to feel like ah yes, I'm working on this, but it's but I still need to work on it. That sometimes doesn't make sense.
0: It's hilarious that that's the case for you and that we're best friends because. As an introvert, it's the opposite. I can do the creative brainstorming stuff with other people, but as soon as I need to actually sit down and write, I need to be alone, I need to be secluded, I can't have any sort of distractions going on, the TV can't be on, nothing. So whenever you and I have those like creative days together,
1: um, usually I'm just farting around doing nothing until you leave. <laughs> Uh, if I'm working alone, it is so hard for me. I have to have either a TV show on at like full volume or music and I have to have a coffee in front of me and then I have to set a timer and be like, you are going to work on it for this long. You are not going to go leave your house. You are not going to see if Stephanie or Jordan is available. You're not going to call your family. You're going to work on your novel. <laughs> Does anybody else get ideas like in the shower?
0: I think that's literally the whole world. Yeah, I got, I have a waterproof notepad that someone gave me, I think on a Reddit secret Santa thing. Yeah, and I have like a waterproof pencil or something that won't wipe off the paper. To, maybe it's a pen, but for writing down my weird ideas like in the shower, it's pretty fun. Has it not been ruined by the kids? Oh, I put it up pretty high. They can't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's behind the conditioner bottle. <laughs> so I couldn't get it either? No, you're not allowed to look at my shower notes. <laughs> I just meant height-wise. Oh, (laughs) no, you couldn't reach it either, Stephanie. I'm sorry. Okay. It's for people above five feet only. (laughs) It's for adults only.
1: (laughs) I like that we're talking about our heights on the podcast, specifically in audio only format where (laughs) no no one knows how tall we are.
0: (laughs) For reference, I am not five foot. No, (laughs) I am about in between five foot and six foot.
1: I'm six foot and Steph is (laughs) 4'11". I can't reach anything. (laughs) My favorite photos are me and Stephanie next to each other as I just tower over her. The other day, Stephanie
0: was trying to get some flour out of my kitchen and there was a step stool in there and I was like, I don't think she's even going to get it with the step stool because it was on the top shelf of the cabinet. And I was like, you're probably going to have to climb on the counter. (laughs) And she did. did. I did climb on that counter. (laughs) Like a child. (laughs) So anyway, back to writing. (laughs) Whoops. Anyway, back to writing. Yes, I do have ideas in the shower. Um, Where I get most of my ideas, though, where I like incubate the most is when I'm falling asleep. So when I'm laying in bed, just sort of thinking and letting random scenarios and ideas go through my head and, you know, making up those self-insert stories that we all have before we go to sleep that's yes. where most of my ideas come from i think more so than in the shower i think i sing too much in the shower to really be thinking about ideas i get a lot of ideas at night before i fall asleep too. i always make sure to write them down in my phone app i write down dreams too and occasionally those have turned into a creative idea but most of the time they're a little too weird but i i do get some good ideas right before i fall asleep that i jot down and then can use later in my story. How about you Kayla?
1: I always get a lot of ideas at night or if I'm listening to music if I'm like walking around or on a break at lunch and just listening to music songs will really inspire me and give me a lot of content and so I find music in general to be a huge inspiration because it's someone else's creative work that you're analyzing the way they crafted it and it's a finished product but it's only a few minutes long And in addition to finding other people's creative work inspiring, I really find people's creative process inspiring. That's part of why I enjoy this podcast and talking writing to both of you so much, because I learn how you guys deal with writing and the routine of making that happen. Mm -hmm. And so I've been reading this book lately that processes and really goes over a lot of famous creators' routines. It's called Daily Rituals by Mason Curry, How Artists Work. And it's been really enlightening to read all about these famous uh, writers and poets and and painters and creatives who have found a routine or failed to find one through their success. Mm -hmm. One is a short snippet about Arthur Miller. And it says, I wish I had a routine for writing, Miller told an interview in 1999. I get up in the morning, and I go to the studio, and I write, and then I tear it up. And that's the routine, really. Then occasionally something sticks, and I then I follow that. The only image I can think of is a man walking around with an iron rod in his hand during a lightning storm. <laughs> and I just, I feel so... So much that I just have an iron rod in my hand (laughs) during a lightning storm. (laughs) just waiting to get shocked.
0: (laughs) That's such good imagery. I've had so many times where I sit down to write and I'm like, everything that gets written today is going to get deleted, but we're going to write anyway.
1: Yeah, I think just uh, I read about people's routines that are perfect and fine-tuned and I try so hard for it. But for right now I feel like it's out of my grasp and I just have to have to write and tear it up every time and see what sticks. And so I really relate to that process. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. that's great. Knowing that someone else was in the same boat of, oh, this sucks. Well,
0: we're gonna do it again. (laughs) Let's see what
1: else we get. If it sucks, that's okay. (laughs) This book has been amazing because the people who have a perfect routine, it's so interesting and inspiring. And I'm like, I want to get there. But then there's artists and creators. Who don't have that routine and are just like, well, I write when I write or I write and I throw it out. And that's uh, inspiring to you to know that not having a perfect process, there's still people who find success. And then there's people who I'm like, ooh, that is too much alcohol in your process for me. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And there's just completely dysfunctional artists and creatives in this book who have a routine that makes me raise my eyebrows but at the same time they made creative work and they found success there
0: yeah i think one of the interesting things about like creative endeavors that's so different from a lot of other sorts of hobbies or tasks that people do is for a lot of things that For a lot of things, there's like a specific process that you go through, a specific order in which you do things, uh, particular steps that you have to take in order to get to the end result. When it comes to creativity, there's a lot of different ways for you to find out like how to make it work for you. Like, not every creative method is going to work for you. Brainstorming doesn't work for everyone, brainwriting doesn't work for everyone. Like, doing forced connections didn't work for everyone in my class. So you have to find out what really works for you specifically and what's going to help you start to get past those slumps and get writing or get creating in in whatever endeavor you plan on doing. So now we pass the question off to you guys. What are some ways you get yourself out of that slump and get your creative juices flowing? Join us on our Facebook group, Writers Emerging, or follow us on Tumblr, Instagram, and Twitter. Links in the description. And we look forward to seeing you next week.